Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your Monday. We are going to be in Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 7, so grab your Bibles and get ready to roll here. A couple quick announcements as we get into it today. First, uh, First Communion classes are starting up this Sunday at both campuses, so after service in S. Uh, after service in San Marcos, and then during Bible study hour in San... <laughs> I did it backwards. Uh, Bible study hour in Escondido, after church, during Bible study hour in San Marcos. All right, so go ahead and join us for those. If you got a fifth grader or somebody above the age of fifth grade uh, who's not yet taken the Lord's Supper, uh, go ahead and join us for that. We would love to have you there. All ages are welcome. I think in San Marcos, it's actually going to be taking place during the Bible study hour. So uh, if... You want to stick around for that and learn a little bit? Go for it. Should be great. Uh, other thing we want, if, oh, guys, I haven't had any coffee this morning. Uh, it's taking place during the Bible study hour, but everybody is going to be involved in the San Marcos campus. So just be aware of that. Let's move on. Uh, don't forget, Lent is coming up Tuesday evening in San Marcos, Wednesday evening in Escondido, 5.30 for dinner at both places. Uh, and then we will get into the service in the Bible study at 7 o'clock. So 7 o'clock Bible study, San Marcos, 7 o'clock service in Escondido. Uh, Pastor Aaron Smith is going to be with us this week for those things. And then finally, uh, we have the service for Paul Lang on uh, uh, Thursday this week. So 2 o'clock at the Escondido campus. Please be sure to join us for that. All right, let's go ahead and pray and get after the text this morning. Father, thank you for this time to be in your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have nourished us and fed us in your house of worship yesterday, uh, where we received your promises and your sacrament, your call to follow. Uh, and now, Lord, we pray today that as we receive that word and take it with us into our lives, Lord, that it would guide us, that we would be people uh, formed and shaped by what you say uh, to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, today's reading has to do with the words we hear and the words we speak. First, the preacher is going to talk to us uh, about preaching today, the, the importance of attending to the Word of God. This is going to be um, third commandment kind of stuff, Sabbath day, uh, tending to the day, keeping it holy, uh, going to worship. That's how we're going to start, but then it's also going to talk to us about how we speak, uh, and not just to each other so much as, as how we speak uh, before God. And so... Uh, this is uh, this is an interesting, uh, good text for us to get into here today. Uh, I think uh, so. Let's let's get after it here. We're going to just read the first verse by itself. We're in Ecclesiastes five one through seven. If I haven't said that already, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. For them, that's the, the temple. For us, that's that's worship, right? To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Now, this is, this is a good place to stop for a second. When you go to church, what are you there to do? Are you there to show off? Are you there to bring your work? Are you there to go before God so he's impressed with you? Or are you there to receive from God? Do you go with your works and your sacrifices? Or do you go with open ears and empty hands to receive what God has to give? Well, I mean, if you see how I'm setting this up, we go before God with open hands. One of the things we have to recognize about ourselves in, in Katu is our ignorance, our ignorance about God. We are inherently unwise fools because we do not know God as he is. Sin has corrupted our minds. Sin has corrupted our understanding and our reason. And so if we're going to know who God is, we've got to listen to him. 
Uh, if you were in Escondido yesterday, you heard children, the, Rachel's children's message where she talked about how uh, if Jesus has a name tag, you can't just look at the name tag and be like, oh, that's Jesus and I know everything about him. You, you've got to talk to him. You've, you've got to learn from him. You've got to get to know him for what he has to say. That's what Solomon is telling us today. Listen, when we go to the house of worship, we don't go to show off. We go empty-handed, as Luther's uh, famous last words. We are beggars. This is true. And so when it comes to knowing God, we come with open ears. It's a great statue. Uh, and I, I forget the name of the statue. I think it's called the listener or the hearer. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a man who's body is shaped almost like an ear and he has his hands like this so his whole uh, shape of the entire statue is one of reception is one of hearing not just with his hands on his ears but his whole body is, is receiving a word that's who we are before God we are receiving God's word we are uh, going in not boasting but silent before God it, listen to the next two verses be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few, for a dream comes with much busyness, or much business, and a fool's voice with many words. This reminds me of Peter on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right? There he is in the presence of God on the mountain. He's got Moses and Elijah, and he begins to speak. And every, every, all three Gospels, I think, that mention this time when Peter foolishly speaks on the mountain, Peter said these things because he didn't know what he was doing. He's speaking in the presence of God. He's not listening to Jesus. He's trying to capture Jesus or control Jesus or, or get some piece of the pie here or something like this. No, he's there and should simply be silent and listen, and this is where we stand positioned before God in his word, silent receivers. Uh, of course, we respond with praise and prayer and thanksgiving, of course, but that's always responsive. See, the church, as my, my friend uh, Mike Horton has written, uh, the church is addressed by God. We are a people who is addressed, who receive a word from God. I, I love that idea that we get something from him when he speaks to us. Now, maybe it's a word of law that shows us our sin. Maybe it's a word of gospel that gives us forgiveness and, and salvation. Probably when you go to church, you'd better be hearing both. Uh, but in all of this, God is giving and we are receiving. So we go before God as empty receivers uh, to be addressed by him, to be filled by him, to receive uh, his word. Now, the danger arises from this when we are so passive before God that we say one of two things. One, we might end up saying something like, uh, if I don't have to do anything, I don't even have to go. No, you need to hear from God. Or, uh, if God is going to give me all the words anyways, I don't. I can just go out and live the way I want because I'm, I'm free. I, I, I don't have to, uh, well, you are free, but not free to sin. Uh, just because we are passive before God and purely receiving things from him, not earning anything by our works, doesn't mean we don't do good works. Our, our friends need to receive from us. But at the same time, there's the other danger we fall into. is that We hear this word from God, this address that comes to us, and we're passive and we receive it, and we, we think it's too good to be true. And so we become Pharisees trying to earn our place before God or prove ourselves to God. And that's, I think, what Ecclesiastes is after here. God is not... As impressed with your your sort of vain sacrifices and your vain works to prove something to him, he wants you to have faith. He wants you to hear from him. And if you all you're doing is trying to show off how good you are at sacrificing and how good you are at working and and, and how um, 
incredible your good works are. You're not showing your faith. You're simply just trying to prove yourself to God, and God's not impressed. So we go to church to receive and hear what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. All right, let's keep going. Verse 4, Now when you vow a vow to God, do not delay in paying it. For he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you pay what you vow. It's better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger uh, that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. So, so again, he he's putting himself in this position where he's saying, like, don't make a rash vow. God, don't commit yourself to God in a particular way that you can't pay it. Now, remember, if we're thinking about this in, in, in light of the worship service, when we go to church, we're not going to commit ourselves, but he's committing himself to us in, in a certain sense. And if you make a rash vow and you can't fulfill it, there's going to be a punishment. There's always a consequence to not fulfilling a vow. Think of the Israelites in the wilderness when God gives them the law and they all respond by saying, all the Lord has said, we will do. And do they do it? No, they sin. They turn away from God. They, they're, they're, they're rash in this vow that they make to God. So he's, he's cautioning here, like, listen, trust God. Believe God. But let him worry about the future. You trust him. You go about your work. This is the same thing he's been saying the whole time. You go about the work that he's given you to do. You fulfill the vocations he's placed in your life. You do uh, what he commands you to do. But don't give yourself a new command and a new law and then commit yourself to this before God when it's going to come with consequences. Now, now I think why he's saying this is if you go back and he says, uh, don't be hasty in a word before God. This goes back to verse 2. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. You still see things from under the sun. So don't commit yourself to something in the future because you don't know the future. Don't tell God, I will, I'm will. i binding myself to do something that you don't know what's going to happen to you in the next day. You don't know what's going to happen to you in the next minute. How can you commit yourself to something when you don't know things under the sun? God does know things. He can commit himself in a sense to the future because he's above the future he's beyond time so God who is in heaven can commit himself to you can make vows and promises to you and we know they'll be fulfilled because he knows the future so if he says to you I baptize you and you are forgiven and eternal life is yours all on account of Jesus is dying and rising we know it's going to be done because the one who is in the future and in the present and in the past the one who's beyond time He's telling us what's coming our way. He's telling you, here's what I have in store for you in the future. This is help. This gives us hope. This gives us confidence. This helps us persevere. But if we tell God, here's what I'm going to do in the future, I, how do you even know? You, you don't know what's coming in the future. So, so all it is to say here is, instead of making a vow to prove yourself to God, trust God. Trust his plans. Trust his promises. All things are in his hands, and that's all we've got. So we trust him to be faithful to his word, and we go about the business that we have to do that day, uh, not knowing what the future holds, except we do know that God holds us, and he keeps us. And we look to his son through all of this. I mean, if you think about all the prophecies in the Old Testament saying that this is what the Messiah was going to do, they come true. Why? Because God knew. He was just telling you what was happening in the future because he was seeing it. He sees it all. I hope that makes some sense. Um, 
So when our dreams about the future increase and our words increase about how grandiose the future is going to be and how great we can be with these vows, it's all vanity. God is the one we must fear. And so this is the call to faith. We trust him and he holds on to us. And so we go to church, we hear the word, we trust the promise, and then we fulfill the vocations God has given us to do, trusting that God's going to make all things good. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, through your dear Son, Jesus, that you've kept us tonight from all harm and danger. And we pray today you would keep us from sin and all evil so that all our doing in life is pleasing to you. Into your hands we commend ourselves, our bodies, our souls, and all things. Let your holy angels be with us so the evil foe have no power over us. In Jesus' name, amen. God's peace, everyone. Have a great week.